0: You're listening to the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbera. Each week, you'll hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Americans for Truth Hour will help you to stay informed and engaged on the side of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with us as we work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. And now, here's Peter LaBarbera.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Americans for Truth Hour. I'm Pete LaBarbera, president of Americans for Truth about homosexuality. Uh, We are a single-issue organization devoted to opposing the homosexual, bisexual, transgender lobby. Um, it's a big task. Uh, the agenda is out of control in our culture, uh, but we're very excited uh, over the next three weeks to be interviewing uh, David Capellian, who I'm getting to know and I really admire. He's the author of uh, The Marketing of Evil and a second book, How Evil Works. Um, and before I before I get to David, I want to uh, let people know that, uh, first of all, this interview is pre-taped. We're taping it on Thursday, March 24th. It will air uh Saturday, March 26th. But David is our keynote speaker at the upcoming Americans for Truth and Mission America Truth Academy, which is taking place April 1st and 2nd at in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it is being held at Discover Church. The details are on our website at truth dot com. That's truth dot com. Just hit the banner ad at the top. And David is giving our keynote uh, dinner lecture on Friday. We're very happy to have him, um, and uh, he's going to be talking about evil, right, David?
2: Yeah, it's a big topic, <laughs> so we may as well jump in. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> well, I do, I do want to issue a proviso, um, uh, two provisos actually, in, in this discussion. Um, and uh, again, David's two books are "The Marketing of Evil" and "How Evil Works." I would encourage you to get these. Are they available on, in paperback also, David?
2: Well, um, the marketing of evil is not. Uh, How evil works was just was published a year ago, and it just came out this week in paperback. So that one is available in both. The other one is in hardcover.
1: Okay, as far as marketing of evil, uh, I'm I'm just getting through that. I I wanted to have read both before our first interview, but I haven't yet. But is that best bought through WorldNet Daily, where you are the managing editor, or uh, Amazon? Where would you prefer people buy it?
2: Uh, you know what? If they want to get an autograph copy, they can get it from World Net Daily, and it's discounted. Uh, otherwise, Amazon or you know any place. Uh,
1: okay, yeah. and I and I strongly urge people to get this book. It's very well written. It's superb. But uh, my my two provisos are this, David. Number one, um, we're talking about evil, and we're not just a couple of scolds lecturing everybody else as evil. <laughs> this is not the church lady, you know, Dana Carvey on Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh, I think everybody has evil lurking in their hearts it's we're, we're sinners and uh, I think one of the problems in America is we we fail to come to grips with our own evil and our own potential for for sin and uh, we don't hold short accounts I I know that I'm uh, I'm guilty of that and so we're not just this is not just about everybody else's problems <laughs> and I'm sure David you would uh, be the first to admit that you too are a sinner
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I'm and, and furthermore, I'm writing this as a journalist, and not so much as a uh, you know from a theological viewpoint. Although anytime you're talking about evil and good, you are talking about spiritual things. And and, and make no mistake, the stuff that's wrong with this country, the issues we're talking about. Cannot be understood unless you you have a sort of a spiritual psychological view of it just it's, this is not just a matter of you know brain chemistry and and uh, upbringing and things like that so it it 's a deep subject, but we we're, we're all you know we 're all broken <laughs> we 're right. all part of it in fact i 'll tell you peter my my you know th- and this is right from the introduction to how evil works i 'm saying that really we can 't even understand. What's going on in the world? The big macro things that we think of as evil, you know, terrorism and so forth. We can't understand it if we don't understand ourselves and the fact that we really are, are broken sinners. We have a we have a dual nature. Uh, you know, in Christian parlance, it's being called born in sin. kind of a mysterious phrase, but somehow we're born with a propensity for, for evil. Right. And, and we're little kids and it's very cute. Everything is me, me, me. It's sort of a little selfishness is kind of cute when you're two, three years old, you know, <laughs> when you're 22 years old, it's not cute anymore. <laughs> you're a selfish, lustful swine and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, you're hurting other people unless you, you, you start to have some introspection and realize, wait a minute, I have a whole side to my nature. Okay. That, I can't just give in to, because if I do, I'm, I'm hurting myself and other people and having a really lousy life. And so that, you know, without understanding this uh, this sort of war between, you know, the the, the the light and the darkness inside each one of us. You know, heaven and right. hell, they both want us, okay? Uh, it, now, it's, hold you know, on, before
1: I, let me get into my, before we go on, because I want to, there's so much to talk about here. and uh, uh, But my second proviso is... That uh, I have a journalistic background myself, uh, not as extensive as yours, uh, David, which is, um, you know, you, you're the managing editor of WorldNet Daily and uh, you you get to write about so many things there. But even before that, you have a, a long uh, pedigree, um, although you also were a classical uh, violinist. Is that correct?
2: That's right. That was the early uh, phase of my, my life. I was heavily into classical music. I was a violinist. I used to hang out with people like Itzhak Perlman, and, and way, you know, we in my teen, teen years, we're talking about this like forty five years ago. And uh, I have a, you know a college degree in in violin performance, but you know that was that was a different phase. But I, I, I learned a lot. I yeah, learned wh- a lot from going through that.
1: Wow. Well, I want to talk more about that. And now you're hanging out with Joseph Farah. So quite a uh, quite an evolution there. But yeah. <laughs> my second proviso is since we're both journalists, I uh, I don't uh, I'm not one of these people who says uh, sort of factually almost that, uh, hey, everything's going to get better or uh, pretends to know where where this culture is headed. I mean, I think it, there's a good possibility we're headed towards oblivion. I don't want to depress anybody. But on the other hand, I don't like the false optimism. Sometimes you get, you know, you almost want to talk positively. And uh, we don't know where it's headed. And uh, I think, would you agree with that, David? I mean, sometimes people, you know, we, even as or maybe our political side, we know that we have to offer people a, a positive. We have to say it's getting better. We don't know where this is all headed.
2: Well, you, no, you're right, Peter. You can't really say it's getting better. Uh, I mean, there are good things that have happened, like the, uh, the November election, the Tea Party movement, and so forth. But basically, toward the end of interviews, you know, interviewers ask you, well, is there hope? Well, yes. There's always hope. Just as there's, look, there was hope for the, to go back to a religious metaphor, the thief on the cross. He, he had, probably had a pretty lousy life, okay, but at, at the very end. He, he found something wonderful, so yes that's same is true for countries there There is always hope, and there are good things happening. But the fact is, about half of us in this country are brainwashed by a crazy secular culture that 's taken over our schools and our news media and the rest it's, and the rest of us are still fairly normal and so you, there is a war a, a you know kind of a, a not a not a shooting war, but a cold civil war. In this country, it's it's incredibly polarized, uh, and how that's going to play out, we don't know. But there certainly is hope.
1: Yes, and, and uh, I, I was struck by uh, the marketing of evil. I mean, things have progressed on the homosexual issue um, way – that was 2005, I believe it was published, right? Yes. And things have progressed uh, – not progressed. It's not progress. The homosexual agenda, the normalization of homosexuality is not – Progress in a culture, but it's gotten a lot worse since that book. Uh, but David, I want to say something. I, I know you're a person of character, and here's why. Uh, here's one reason I know is that when you wrote this book, um, we've talked off the air about uh, before about you know one of the reasons the homosexual agenda succeeds is that uh, the the so called gay movement, and you talk about the word gay, how they made that that was a marketing. Tool in and of itself, sure. uh, associating with homosexuality with positive thoughts, and uh, but the the homosexual movement has made it hard for people who reach a certain degree of of notoriety, of, of fame, not notoriety, fame in the culture, and so, including some of our conservative leading lights, uh, they're they're sort of reluctant to talk about it. They'll talk about it on the edges, maybe, but. Uh, to some degree, they, they bury uh, discussion of homosexuality. And I appreciate it in Marketing of Evil how, uh, although homosexuality is not the main focus of the book, it's right there in the first chapter, you didn't shy away as you could have, perhaps, uh, discussing this issue.
2: Well, yeah, I, I think it's a very central issue. and uh, What's happened, you're, you're talking basically about a lot of what we call conservatism has actually morphed into libertarianism, which is basically conservatism without God. Uh, they, it's, it's, you know, on the economic issues and so forth, it's, it's right, but they don't want to have to deal with these divisive moral issues. Um, and there's various, there's various reasons for that, but, which we can get into, but the point is that it is a jugular central issue. When you're talking about redefining marriage, which is not one of, it is the core institution of, of human life. I was going to say Western civilization, all civilization. Uh, you know, marriage right there from the book of Genesis is, is you know, it, it is the key framework for having a sane and safe life. And you start going and, and redefining that out of existence, whoa, that's not just a little side issue, well, let's have a truce on the social issues from now while we get to the important things like the economy. Right. <laughs> no, excuse me. You know, this has to do with, with, with marriage uh, falling apart, with family breakdown, with children that are, you know, are, that are raised up kind of wild and, and not understanding uh, the core values that actually made America great. This is, this, these are not side issues. These are the core central issues that we're dealing with.
1: Well, 45 seconds till break, David. How, how did, why is uh, conservatism morphing into libertarianism in your view? Is it, is it just a product of the age we're living in?
2: Yeah, it's, it's several things. But I'll tell you one thing. It's just a lot of intimidation. These groups, most of what we call evil works do intimidation. The Gay Rights Group does, uh, Radical Islam does. And a lot of people uh, are just are scared of it. They're afraid of being hurt by it.
1: We're talking to David Capellian, the author of The Marketing of Evil, and his second book, uh, How Evil Works. These are available autographed copies through worldnetdaily.com, which is WND.com. David's a keynote speaker at our Truth Academy, April 1st and 2nd in Columbus. Go to americansfortruth.org for info on that. Welcome back to the Americans for Truth Hour, where I'm talking to David Capellian, who's the managing editor of WorldNet Daily. Uh, which is a tremendous website. And, uh, David, how did you come to be managing editor at WorldNet Daily?
2: Well, actually, I knew Joseph Farah, who's the founder, uh, from way back in the 80s when we were working on another project uh, together. And when he uh, was going... Um, you know, going big, breaking off World Net Daily from the Western Journalism Center into a for-profit company in 1999. He called me up. He said he needed a managing editor. We got together and talked for three hours, shook hands, and that was it. And that's what I've been doing as my day job for the last 11 years now.
1: Well, it it does sort of ideally uh, equip you to write these books because World Net Daily simply carries so many true stories that the mainstream media ignores, whether it's uh, uh, radical Islam or uh, the homosexual agenda, you guys do more on, on good reporting on the homosexualist agenda, I think, than perhaps uh, any other alternative publication. I mean, you're, you're covering these things that the so-called mainstream media won't cover, and it, it gives you a lot of good material.
2: Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, we sometimes, when we have our editorial meetings every day, deciding what's going to be the lead story and up in the skyline and how we're going to package our stories. We'll have like a really hot, important story, and we'll say, well, you know, we can, we can actually hold this for a day because we've got too much good stuff and this will get buried. We can hold it for a day because no one else is going to do this story. <laughs> it's a critical story, but we're not worried about the Associated Press or anybody else doing it because they don't care about these issues. And, and also, Peter, I mentioned, you know, we're just doing – what the press should be doing and used to do. Most people don't know this about, for instance, the New York Times, which, of course, is insanely secular and lefty today. Back in the, in the, you know, in the 1870s, New York Times was a, you ready for this, a Christian newspaper. In fact, there was a whole series On the front page of the New York Times, not just one day, but a series of stories that were a big, huge investigative expose of abortion, which, of course, was illegal. But this was called, the the headline uh, for for the whole series was The Evil of the Age. The New York Times Exposing Abortion, page one. But that's when the the ownership and the culture and everything were completely different, and Judeo-Christian values reigned at the Times and in America.
1: Yeah, and and I've actually done some writing for WorldNet Daily and I've written about the so-called gay journalists association uh in which <laughs> the homosexual movement has sort of uh taken over uh, the New York Times in the sense that the the editorial both news and editorial are strongly pro-homosexual. There was a time when the New York Times sort of dismissed homosexuals as perverts and they actually I think used the term fairies uh, in news copy. Uh, so there's been quite an evolution uh, on this issue, um, but David, um, your book is is just fascinating. And again, I encourage people to get uh, the marketing of evil. You're a very fine writer, and you are good at encapsulating uh, so much of uh, of what's happened. And and uh, this is just a tremendous book. Uh, your writing on Kinsey uh, is is very interesting. And Daily has done some wonderful work uh, exposing Kinsey using Judith Reisman, who we hope to interview uh, on, on this program. But talk about that. Um, what I was struck when reading, uh, you know, you described Kinsey as a full-fledged sexual psychopath. Talk to us about how this guy marketed uh, this <laughs> incredible—he uh, helped normalize all these pathologies, all these perverse sexual behaviors, including homosexuality and yet he so easily could have been exposed if the media were doing its job.
2: I know. It's an incredible story. because, you know, I grew up in the 1950s watching Ozzie and Harriet and Leave it to Beaver, and America was a very normal, unified, uh, uh, secure country then. But the termites were boring away at the same time. So right during the beginning of that period in 1948, Alfred Kinsey, um, at the Indiana University, released his first of two books. It uh, was called Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. And basically what he said in there uh, was that men, you know, World War II era greatest generation men, were a bunch of pigs. He said that 95% of men, of normal middle class men, uh, were, were immoral, were actually sexual um, criminals according to the laws of the day and saw prostitutes and something like, what was it, 10 to 37 percent had homosexual, um, had committed homosexual acts um, and and so forth. Now,
1: hold on. So Alfred Kidsey was saying that up to 37 percent of American men had committed acts of homo- homosexual acts. How, just on its face, it's absurd. This is in the 50s.
2: Yeah. Well, you have to remember, he was interviewing thousands of people now imagine having a you know a two-hour interview with hundreds of questions asking the most intimate sexual questions about your life today and then imagine in the 1940s a much more um, you know a a much more moral time where this is uh, we we didn't have the kind of the desensitization to sexuality we have now what kind of people would participate in such an interview process would, would normal Susie Homemaker? Uh, uh, no, of course not. So what he did was, and this is like a, a little bit, you know, doesn't really fit with, with, uh, with normal protocols for, uh, for scientific studies. He interviewed sexual predators and criminals of all sorts and claimed that they were normal World War II-era Americans. He interviewed prostitutes and claimed that they were just normal women. So he had a grossly skewed uh, sampling and this is what he based his um, uh, his conclusions on, and this is what has been at the very core as the scientific cover and justification for the whole um, sexology field and sexual liberation movement in all its forms for the past 60 years. It's, and, it's and just astounding. It it's... Was, was, a, was a sexual predator he was, I can't even recount on radio some of the things that he did. Well,
1: let me say, he was, he was into this, we're, our show airs at 11 o'clock at night, so right. just a warning, this is gross stuff, but he was into this awful uh, masturbation, self-flagellation, stuff we can't even say on air he did to himself that probably caused his early death. But let's cut to the worst. This is the the part, I think, which is one of the amazing stories. It's almost you you almost have to say it's a conspiracy Uh, in your book. You talk on page uh, 138 about Rex King, who was uh, a pedophile, who uh, Alfred Kinsey corresponded with. uh, He was involved in publication of table of table 34 in the book, which was essentially a compilation of children being Uh, masturbated to orgasm, babies, babies. Now, why didn't here's what always gets me? One journalist, one mainstream journalist could have written a book about this itself in the 50s and taken Kinsey down. But somehow that did not become the story that he had child baby orgasm, so called in his book.
2: Yeah, this is a huge mystery, <laughs> uh, uh, Pete. Uh, I, I point out in the marketing of evil that America at that time worshipped science, and a guy has a white coat on, and we somehow uh, let down our guard. A uh, uh, white coat, in other words, a scientist, Alfred Kinsey. But the fact is that, you know, and, and this if, unless people think that this is a couple, you know, right-wingers on the radio making stuff up, go to the library Get sexual behavior of the human male. Turn to table 35. It's still there. You will see a table. This is, this is not somebody's interpretation. This is his own uh, data. Hundreds of children were molested. He has the ages down. Um at two months, five months, you're talking about infants are being sexually abused by not just Rex King but he had Fritz von Belusuk, who was a Nazi war criminal <laughs> listen, I'm a journalist. I don't make this stuff up yes this is real um the, the, he, he yeah we can't
1: get this story we can't get we, to this day Judith Reisman's de- devoted her whole life to it um and we can't get this story out to, to the mainstream here's the media. Book.
2: This was a celebrated book and a celebrated scientist, hundreds of international reviews. It was a huge bestseller. And nobody stopped to say, wait a minute, how did they get this data about infants and their orgasms? It is illegal under any circumstances whatsoever to be abusing children this way. Where were the parents? Who did this? nobody asked except Judith Reesman and it was more than 30 years after the book came out in the early 80s that she stood up and said excuse me this is all a ext- this is all felonious behavior okay you can go to prison for this how would he get this and and nobody wanted to deal with it to this day most of them don't want to deal with it because you know what it pulls the rug out from the entire You know, playboy empire, the whole field of sexology, the whole sexual liberation movement, gay liberation, lesbian liberation, sexual liberation, all of it is predicated on the, quote, science of Kinsey. And it was all junk, the worst junk science of the last century.
1: (laughs) It's just an amazing, an amazing story. Uh, And uh, you mentioned two people. Now, we've got a minute and 30 to the break, but two uh, culture changers. Uh, that used Kinsey to uh, advance their evil movements. One was Hugh Hefner, and uh, he's got roots here in Chicago, of course, and he's celebrated in Chicago, uh, as you know, David. And the other, Harry Hay. Talk about both of those guys, Harry Hay being uh, one of the icons of the homosexual uh, movement.
2: Right. These, Well, basically, these guys were both heavily influenced by Kinsey, not just sort of nudged in that direction, but when you're doing something that is grossly sinful and predatory and is destroying millions of lives, <laughs> you have to have some kind of scientific or religious um, cover to it so you can sleep at night. You have to actually believe it. You know, people that go, uh, radical Muslims that go and blow up pizza parlors and kill dozens of innocent people, uh, they have to be able to sleep at night thinking they did something good so they have a belief system that tells them that this is good and they're going to heaven and getting the virgins. Well, it's same thing here. you You, you have to have, you know, a scientific... Uh, icon saying, you know what, Hugh Hefner, Harry Hay, you're right. Uh, people are sexually repressed. It's bad for them. What you're doing is a good thing.
1: Yes. Oh, and... and um Kudos to you for exposing this uh, in your career. Uh, we're talking to David Capelli, and he is our keynote speaker at the Americans for Truth, Mission America, Truth Academy, April 1st and 2nd in Columbus. Go to americansfortruth.org. You'll want to hear uh, David. You can get it, buy his books, have him sign them personally. americansfortruth.org, the Truth Academy, coming up April 1st and 2nd. We'll be right back. Absolutely.
0: Are you sick and tired of homosexuality and gay marriage being celebrated by the liberal media and popular culture? Do you worry about the radical gay agenda being pushed on young children in schools? Are you worried that the gay movement will destroy America's religious freedoms? And are you offended that Christians are called bigots and homophobes just because they agree with God that homosexual behavior is wrong? Americans for Truth About Homosexuality is a single-issue group devoted to exposing and fighting the gay agenda. They are not about hate, but love for God's truth. They are Christians, so instead of celebrating homosexuality, they lift up the many ex-gays who have left it behind and now lead godly lives through Christ. But Americans for Truth needs your help. The gay lobby has lots of money, power, and media support, but it lacks truth. Please help keep this show on the air and educate America about the dangerous goals of this anti-Christian movement. Make your tax deductible gift online today at americansfortruth.com. That's americansfortruth.com.
1: Welcome back everybody to the Americans for Truth Hour. We're talking to a man I admire, David Capellian, who's managing editor of uh, WorldNet Daily, which is a wonderful uh, news source. Anybody who cares about getting the whole truth Needs to go to WorldNet Daily. It's WND.com, and you can get David's books How Evil Works, which is his new one, Understanding and Overcoming the Destructive Forces That Are Transforming America, and his original work, which was widely acclaimed, uh, The Marketing of Evil How Radicals, Elitists, and Pseudo Experts Sell Us Corruption Disguised as Freedom. And, uh, uh, we are talking about Hugh Hefner and Harry Hay, but I want to say again, uh, go to the website americansfortruth.org. David is our keynote speaker at the Americans for Truth Academy, April 1st and 2nd. The Truth Academy, uh, where it's, this is co-sponsored by Mission America, my friend Linda Harvey. Uh, she's based in Columbus, and the Truth Academy is an effort to offset the homosexual lobby. Uh, I just... Went undercover to a massive uh, conference called Creating Change, put on every year by the Homosexual uh, National Gay and Lesbian Task Force. We need to educate our people. Uh, and David, you have children, right? Yes. Uh, tell us about your family a little bit.
2: Oh well, my we we homeschooled them because we thought, you know, why would why do we want to send them out in the the. Uh, my friend Bob just describes the culture as um, a child molester he 's the talk show host he says the uh, the culture is a child molester, so we didn 't want to send them out there. so we homeschooled our kids and they 're uh, nineteen and twenty one now and you know they're they 're pretty normal they they 've kept their their uh, bodies and souls intact and the, you know one of them is Eagle Scout another one is uh, owns her business and travels around the country and they're they 're sort of competent, sane. Uh, normal people—they all got their problems, but they—they've—they uh, like I say—they they stayed intact. They haven't gotten swallowed up by the culture.
1: Are you now an advocate of uh, Christians pulling their kids out of public schools? I mean, some can't, uh, uh, some can't afford Christian schools. Um, what do you, what's your feeling on that?
2: Yeah, my, look, I, all I can say is what we did—we homeschooled our kids, and I'm glad we did it is a, its It is a—it takes a lot of commitment, but it's very rewarding. Um, and I, I'm an advocate uh, of homeschooling and uh, honestly, uh, the, if you just go and, and find out what's going on in school today, it's different from when you went to school, you your parents, you know, you need, you need to find yeah. out. Uh, and if your kids are in school, you need to be incredibly involved and uh, every step of the way. So you're going to have to be involved either way, whether your kids are in school or whether you're right. homeschooling
1: them. And we have to prepare the homeschooled kids, too, for right. what they're going to encounter in college if they go there. And I've just got something here quickly. Uh, Illinois, uh, they, the Democrats rammed through a civil unions uh, bill. Uh, some Republicans helped uh, in a lame duck session. And, and I'm looking at a photo that, that I, was, I got on email. This is in an Illinois high school uh, there's a big billboard put on by the, quote, gay club at the school. It says there's a new wind blowing in Illinois. It's got a picture of a cloud with a rainbow flag, civil unions, exclamation mark. And, um, you know, one thing I'm struck by, uh, David, and you write about it well in your books, is the just the audacity of the sin movements in the culture. Uh, from Margaret Sanger to Harry Hay to Hugh Hefner, I mean, there's an aggressiveness about them, and it 's almost like they know uh, because of the emotional and psychological and maybe the weakness in the culture that they can push these agendas and they've they 've succeeded in doing so
2: yeah, and you know we 're seeing that right now um, with the administration of of Barack obama you know we we see putting basically a a person like um Oh dear! What's the fellow's name? Who's Kevin the, Jennings? Uh, Kevin Jennings as the Safe Schools Czar. This is a guy who's made a career of making schools unsafe, and he becomes the uh, the um, the Safe Schools Czar. And down the line, all the insane czars that uh, we call them bazaars. That that uh, it, it just reminds you of the the Star Wars bar scene where ev- every character is more weird than the last one, and you know, this is what we've seen is sort of like an acceleration of evil. I hate to sound so foreboding, but there are times when things are kind of quiescent and, uh, you know, brooding in the background and the bad guys are just fuming and talking it up in their coffee houses, you know, to each other over, you know, over their drinks and they're talking about how the revolution, and then there are times when they act and things really progress. We're in a time right now where they're, they're they're acting uh the, whether it's the the political left or let's say it the moral left because this really is a thing of the left this the, whether you're talking about the whole uh sexual anarchy type movement in all its forms that we've been talking about or the political left which is not some sort of separate thing all of it is rooted in the dark side of human nature. You know, uh, uh, Winston Churchill described socialism as, quote, the gospel of envy. Envy is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's a bad part of our nature, and yet it's glorified and institutionalized in Marxism and communism and socialism. So I'm saying that this whole thing that we started off the program talking about, the sort of the dark side of human nature that wants to pull us in, um, that, that is really what is being glorified in uh, in all of these leftist movements, it's basically and um, it's it's something that is at its core it is uh, is advancing and making good out of everything that's wrong with human nature, making it into a virtue.
1: Now, uh, I, I sidetrack to you. Um, you were going to talk about Harry Hay and uh, Hugh Hefner. These two guys used Kinsey. They were giants in the progression of evil, and that they helped in a big way. Uh, there, there, there seems to rise up these people like Margaret Sanger, Harry Hay, Hugh Hefner, who who are are brilliant people and they know how to mass market basically sin. Uh, talk, t- tell us some more about that.
2: Well, yeah. The the problem is that there's a part of us that wants to believe that you know free sex is okay and all that. In other words, that you know, like the, it's like the, you have the the drug dealer and the drug. Um, the drug buyer, okay? You have the pusher and you have the client. Uh, you know, they, they need each other. So you have the people that are the the leaders, the revolutionaries, like the Hugh Hefner that put out the, the Playboy magazine, the Playboy Empire, and it drew a lot of people, mostly young men and, I guess, older men, into this idea, but it wasn't just, like, naked women pictures, there's a a philosophy behind it Mm -hmm. that this is somehow good and sophisticated and progressive. And so you have people like that, you know, he he does it because he's a a, a lustful animal of low character, and he's made millions and millions of dollars doing this. And on our side, a lot of people bought it, like they Mm -hmm. buy the drugs from the drug dealer because there's a part of them that's weak and wants to believe that it's okay and wants to you know they they want the the excitement and the fantasy world that it it offers so they they kind of go together but that's what we call the you know the corruption of society, where we have this this hypersexualized culture, where everywhere you go, you just go through Manhattan and you 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 walk through there, you look up at the billboards, and everything is yes, it's very huge and sophisticated and amazing, but everything is sexualized. There's no modesty anywhere, uh, and so this is this is the gradual you know dissolution and degradation of our culture that we've watched for the past. Uh, you know, fifty, sixty years by what I call the marketers of evil,
1: mm-hmm. and it's and it's organized, and it takes those people, but also it takes like sort of the a, a softening up of the culture, like as you said, the the, the men are lustful, and uh, it started out with the uh, pictures. Now you would look back at the original Playboys and you say, wow, that was so mild, right? But at that time, it was very radical, and now look where we are. You're you're, you're you have open you have incredibly perverse jokes homosexual heterosexual just i i was struck by a tv show primetime uh, uh one of the uh characters uh leading characters was joking about an erection of the other leading character in primetime it was uh she references johnson which is a slang term but, you know it was incredible yeah, stuff he, that's rem- going
2: remember that these these are people that are coming up that have gone a lot of them have gone to college and college which was pretty uh, it was pretty bad even when i went uh, to, uh during the 1960s but now you know the the average you know university unless it's like a Patrick Henry or a Liberty University or or an explicitly christian college they have their you know sex week where they have the people you know basically having this 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 insane pavilion of 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 uh a sexual debauchery taking over the campus for a week, and the whole, which is not to mention the culture there, which is totally one of, of, of free sex. So this is what the the gauntlet that mm-hmm. people have to go through to get an education. Which, by the way, I don't think they really need to, uh, but uh, we're we're still doing. We feel like oh, we're going to end up selling pencils on a corner and not getting anywhere if we don't go to uh, one of these colleges. Mm-hmm. That that's another subject. But the fact is college has become a place of of, of great uh, demoralization of youth. So when they go up, go through the college, then they're all ready for the, uh, you know, for more, for the basically to become porn addicts, which they probably already are before they get out of college. And, uh, you know, so it's not just in, you know, Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Empire. It's really become our dominant culture.
1: Yeah. Now, a minute 30 to the next break, um where is the hope? I mean, it would be easy just to say, you know, sort of like, okay, it's, it's irredeemable. But, you know, we do see kids are more pro-life now than ever before. It's interesting, the polls show the kids, uh, young people are more pro-life and yet more pro-homosexual at the same time. Uh, how do you see it going? What, what do you tell people in terms of if they say, well, is there any hope?
2: Yes, of course there's hope because we all of us still have a conscience which is something that the good Lord put in all of us that's beyond our education and anything else. You know, if somebody steals from us, we know it's wrong. It's not because somebody had the Ten Commandments on the wall. It's wrong because we know it's wrong. So we all have like this internal guidance system of right and wrong. And so they have to try to put that out. And they have put it out in some of us. But I, as I say, I still think roughly uh, half of America is still. Uh, very, very American. It has drunk the Kool Aid. So we're we're in a big battle right now. It's by no means lost. But uh, you know, our uh, George Orwell had a famous thing he said in times of universal deceit speaking the truth is a revolutionary act That's we need right. to speak the truth
1: well you're one of the revolutionaries then I guess so am I we're talking to David Kapilian he's our keynote speaker at the Americans for Truth Academy uh, co-sponsored with Mission America April 1st and 2nd in Columbus, Ohio you'll want to hear him speak you want to hear our other tremendous speakers Rob Gagnon uh, Matt Barber go to americansfortruth.org for more details on that talking to David Capellian, who's managing editor of WorldNet daily he's author the author of how evil works which is his latest book and the marketing of evil uh, David uh, there's so much to talk about and I really can't recommend strongly enough uh, people to get your book start with the marketing of evil I'm not uh, I've just started uh, how evil works but back to Kinsey uh, you quote uh, another amazing book by a guy named James Jones who's the bio one of the biographers of I wrote a biography of Kinsey, and he says uh, on page 141, you quote him of your book, uh, how Kinsey, uh, he was not just a scientist. He want uh, Jones writes He wanted to undermine traditional morality to soften the rules of restraint. Kinsey was a crypto reformer who spent his every waking hour attempting to change the sexual mores and sexual offender laws of the United States. Uh, so... Um, This guy, Kinsey, he he baited the press. He he had everybody anticipating this book, which was based, as you said, on a bunch of very junky science. Uh, But then America was waiting for it. And kabam, this thing is let out in the culture. And then it was used to do exactly what he wanted to do, which was to change our laws and our culture.
2: Yeah, uh, James Jones, one of several biographers of Kinsey, was a fan of Kenzie. This was not a criticism, and this was not his interpretation. This was openly, Kenzie was a sexual revolutionary, not the disinterested scientist, who actually wanted to change the laws and morals of America, and he did. And that's why groups today like NAMBLA, the um, uh, North American Man-Boy Love Association, a disgusting uh, group, uh, they, they worship Kinsey because Kinsey is the one who puts the patina of respectability on them. These these are these are this is a child molestation group that believes that they are loving children. But how can they you know, how how can they possibly hold such views? They thank Kinsey explicitly because he provided again the scientific cover because Kinsey thought and taught that children are sexual from birth. And this is, the, this is what he got got from all his horrible experiments where he was abusing all these children um, by pedophiles with stopwatches, you know, timing the sexual responses of infants and children. Well, the, the, what he got from that was that the little kids love to have sex. And so the the child molesters like that.
1: So and, this, and you talk is, about and, – and tell us, uh, since you we talked about Table 34 and 35, the, these incredible tables in sexual behavior in the human male – WorldNet Daily is in the lead uh, media-wise in terms of, you know, working with Judith Reisman to expose this. You guys have had some big stories recently uh, in which people are coming forward who were involved in the Kinsey experiments. Where does it stand now, this effort to uh, to get out the truth about what happened in these awful experiments and, and some of the other awful things Kinsey did in the name of science?
2: Well, we we interviewed one of the, the victims who's now growing up in her 60s, I guess, Um, 60s or 70s, this is back in the 1940s we're talking about. And, um, she was seven or eight at the time, so whatever that makes her. But um, you know, it getting what you really need is a congressional investigation. Yes, and Congress, uh, you know, we have a hard time getting them to do anything these days. They're afraid to, you know. I mean, they're they're lucked. They're besieged with trying to repeal Obamacare and deal with so many crises that have been uh, that are on their desk now. So uh, this, unfortunately, is not really on their radar.
1: Well, and, you know, they—they they, we can't even get them barely to examine the uh, rush to homosexualize the military, yeah, which you guys did some great point. reporting on as well. Is there any hope that there's going to be an examination of how that was uh, pushed forward in a, in a lame duck uh, Congress?
2: Well, I can tell you that our whistleblower magazine, which is the uh, monthly print magazine of World Net Daily that, that I head up, uh, we just shipped 150 copies of the dropping the H-bomb, H for Homosexuality, which is our February issue, uh, last month's issue, on this Don't Ask, Don't Tell issue, the um, House Armed Services Committee requested 150 copies. We don't just to send them to them. This is by request from one of the members. Uh, So they're passing them around right now. So that tells me that they are somehow looking at and interested in this issue and buck mccann who is the chairman of the committee has said publicly i think to the military dot com uh, that uh, you know we we want to revisit this issue he is against it duncan hunter is another on the committee who is against it so there are people that think it was a travesty to have this forced through lame duck senate that had been repudiated by uh, the american people just a month before um what they're going to do, we're going to have to wait and see. But I know there are people on the Armed Services Committee of the House that are interested in revisiting it.
1: Uh, David, say a word. We've got four minutes to our break, and we're doing three interviews with David Capellian of World Net Daily. Um Tell us, uh, what, what about the symbolism of that? You're taking the institution, the most conservative institution in our culture, uh, long associated with morality and goodness, the, the, our protectors, and you're making it a promoter of the normalization of homosexuality?
2: Uh, you know, i it's hard to even find words to describe how bad this is, what they're doing. Because the military, as you say, basically is, believe it or not, a kind of a conservative Christian organization. To have the values that you have to have to go put your life on the line for strangers, okay? Uh, this is not a, a self-obsessed, selfish mentality you have to have. You have to have dedication to a higher cause and that is God and that's country and that's what's right. And so they're basically it's more than just trying to spread homosexuality. I believe that there is a whether it's conscious or unconscious will to destroy the American military. Uh and that's really I think what's at the heart of this because people like Obama who did this? Basically, as a payoff for a campaign promise to the LGBT uh, community that supports him before the 2008 election. That's why we have gays in the military coming online now. Um, he hates the military. He he's uncomfortable with it. He calls Corman corpsmen. He you know he he just doesn't like uh, the military and uh, he doesn't like what it does. And so, despite the fact he just started a war this week, uh, but that's another question. But basically, this is, this is devastating on many levels. We had over 1,100, uh, you know, uh, admirals and generals that signed a petition saying this is devastating, this is a bad thing to do. We have people like Jeremiah Denton and Medal of Honor winner Patrick Brady that have written articles in this issue of Whistleblower uh, about how bad it is. And
1: it, how, do, how do they get copies? Of, people can get copies of Whistleblower. Is that through WorldNetDaily?
2: Uh, Yeah, if they just go to WorldNetDaily or if they just go to our store, which is um, 1-800-4-WND-C-O-M, they can can ask about it. But if they go to WND.com, they can read all about it. In fact, we have that issue online for free. We don't normally do this, but we made that one online for free. And I can't give you the URL, but if you go and search it out at WorldNetDaily, you'll, you'll find it. It's okay. called, uh, it's called uh, Dropping the H-Bomb, February
1: Whistleblower. Okay, and we will make that available, uh, to uh, on our website, americansfortruth.org. Um, David, uh, give us a hint of what you're going to share. we got a minute and 20 left. Give us a hint of what you're going to share at the Truth Academy April
0: 1st.
2: Boy, uh, you, you got me over dinner there talking for a long time, and I think basically we're going to have to talk about that ultimately this is a God thing. With, this is a war between God and no God, which is what has been happening at the core of all the wars and all the culture things that have happened forever since man has been on the earth. That's it, because without God, none of this makes sense. The whole uh, you know opposing the gay rights movement, if there is no God, then there are no... Uh, objective values, if we don't have a good and a bad nature and we're, we're not born in sin and we're meant to sort of leave the old nature behind and embrace a higher nature, then we're just a bunch of animals. We're like, I write about it in How He Works, my goats. We put the buck in there. He has sex with whoever he wants, whenever he wants. He does his job. He fertilizes them. He does his job. Everything is fine. There's no immorality. It's fine. If we're a bunch of goats, then that's that's
1: what we are, but we're not goats. All right. Well, we are not goats, and I strongly encourage <laughs> you to sign up for the Americans for Truth Academy, uh, April 1st and 2nd, with Mission America. Go to our website, Americansfortruth.org, see our excellent lineup of speakers, Americansfortruth.org. We'll talk to you next week, David.
0: This was the Americans for Truth Hour with your host, Peter LaBarbara. Tune in Saturdays at 11 p.m. to hear compelling interviews with everyday heroes on the front lines of the culture war. People who put faith and truth above the lies of political correctness. Stay informed and engaged on the issues of life, marriage, and the God-ordained family. Please stand with them as they work to make America, in the words of President Ronald Reagan, a shining city on the hill. And once again, one nation under God. The Americans for Truth Hour, Saturdays at 11 p.m. on AM 1160.